0: Good evening, everybody. Wonderful to see you all this um, Christmas Eve evening. I might pass these off just in case they're getting aggro with the other microphone. Uh, Welcome to you all. My name's David. I'm the senior minister here at Christchurch. It's wonderful to see you. Are you enjoying the singing? It's it's fabulous. I'm, I'm loving sitting up there playing and I'm loving listening to it at the same time. Do you realize that we're nearing the end of the first 20 years of the 2000s? Well, one of the most iconic pictures of the last 20 years is this one on the screen. It's the famous Hope poster of Barack Obama. Now, you know something's iconic, especially in the digital age, because it's been ripped off and it's been parodied and memed um, many, many times. Now, the poster was made back in 2008. And at that time, the world was, for those who were old enough to remember it, <laughs> was in a fairly troubled place. And America especially so. They'd gone through the 9-11 attacks, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the scandals of Guantanamo Bay, the disaster of Hurricane Katrina and another, another series of hurricanes. Climate change concerns were really starting to build at that time. And so a lot of people looked at the future and found it troubling. And at that time, confidence in the government was low. People were longing for a brighter vision to cling to. And then along comes this young, handsome, highly articulate presidential candidate with, with, with optimism, promising change, and if, he had been, and if he was going to be elected, he would, be, he would make history. He would be the first African-American in the Oval Office. Well, someone caught the excitement of this opportunity and designed the poster that you see on your screen there and before long, it was everywhere. The problem is that that is a very, very big word to put on somebody's shoulders. Hope. To have your picture there and have hope placed underneath it. Because, see, it's, it's another thing to inspire hope. It's another thing to deliver it. Do you know, a few years ago, even the designer of the poster himself said that Obama had not lived up to that expectation and, quote-unquote, not even close. Well, of course he didn't. How could he? Yeah, His opponents, they said that he wasn't up to it, his vision was wrong. His defenders said, well, he's met too much resistance from his opponents and he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. But the thing is, either way you look at it, whatever side you were on, if you were over in America at the time, the, the expectation of this poster is too much. It's unreasonable. Of course, the hope was disappointed. Tonight, I want to talk about hope. And I'm not talking about small-h hope like hoping that I don't make many mistakes in the music because that's kind of <laughs> already happened. Um, or, or, um, or hoping that the new air conditioning units, have you spotted those, that, that we're having installed might be up and running by the time the heat returns. That would be, that's something I'm hoping for. Look, I, I hope those things will happen. All right? But they're relatively low level on the big scheme of things, aren't they? Now, the hope I want to talk to you about tonight is is a much more important kind of hope than any of those things. It's capital H hope. It's it's all caps hope. It's hope that yells at you. The kind of hope that includes ourselves but moves beyond ourselves as well. The kind of hope that springs from a deep, deep longing for something better. For a new lasting reality that far outstrips our present experience. That kind of hope. Now, there are two things about hope that I think are important for us to understand. And the first is that all hope is set in the context of longing. Something is lacking. A new reality is desired. And so we yearn, we long for that better reality. And this is where hope kicks in, you see. It's because where there is no prospect of that longing being fulfilled or realised, where hope does not exist, our experience is just resignation, isn't it? Or, or, or even worse, despair. Hope is what springs within us when we start to think that what we're longing for might actually happen. And as the possibility of fulfilment grows, so does hope, doesn't it? When the chances are remote, the hope is just a flickering candle, a daydream, and if only... But as the possibility of what we long for being realised grows, hope starts not to just flicker, but to really flare up. And the longing is, is great enough that flaring hope can be so powerful that it is almost dangerous. Do you know what I mean? You know when um, we almost feel sometimes that we need to protect ourselves from getting car- carried away by hope. We try to tap it down so that it doesn't consume us. Because while it's possible, it's not certain. And so we say to ourselves, don't get your hopes up. Because we know what, that if it happens, well, that's fantastic, but if it doesn't eventuate, if we've hoped too much for it, we're going to be devastated, right? We'd almost have been better off if we hadn't hoped at all rather than having hope disappointed. But let me tell you about the best kind of hope. The best kind of hope is the hope that comes when the longing is deep And you know that fulfilment is coming. You know that it's going to be realised. And that's when a sense of anxiety dissipates and transforms into joyful anticipation. That's the hope that we can give ourselves fully to. Even as it burns within us, we can embrace it. And the only tamping down that we need to do is to remind ourselves to be patient and wait for it because it's coming. Hope is on its way. So let me ask you, as you look at life, as you look at the world around you, because not just yours, but the world around us, what do you long for? What is your deepest, not your strongest, your deepest desire for the future? I'm not sure what is coming to your head as I said that. Maybe an end to war? Or a world where justice actually happens consistently and thoroughly. That'd be pretty good. Where people actually care for one another and not just their own self-interest. Maybe it's longing for a world where people look after the environment instead of destroy it. Or a world where physical and mental illnesses actually have reliable, consistent cures. Or better still, don't happen at all. And, And the list could just go on. As you think about that longing, what, what kind of hope do you think we can have that in the future that longing could be fulfilled? Is that just a flickering candle? Is it, is it a roaring flame? I think that for most people, one of the reasons why we're content to hold on to just the small H hopes is because the capital H ones seem only to last for as long as a struck match. And we're powerless to change them. They're too big. You see, that's the second thing about capital H hope. It needs power. Do you realise that? It needs power. To actually bring about a new and better reality than the one that we currently experience, you have to have the power to change the world. You've got to be able to do it. And who can do that? Well, this is where the Bible, and Christmas in particular, says with a very loud voice, don't give up on hope just yet. Don't give up on capital H, all caps, hope, just yet. We heard earlier from that amazing prophecy of Isaiah. It was written 700 years before the first Christmas. And it was a message to God's people saying, hope is coming, and God is going to send him. A ruler who will be perfect in wisdom. He'll actually make all the right decisions. He'll be perfect in knowledge. He actually knows enough to be able to make all the perfect right decisions. He's going to rule with justice and righteousness. He'll be powerful enough to deal with wickedness and evil and he's going to be tender enough to care for the needy. A ruler who's going to bring lasting peace, safety and harmony in places and relationships which you could never conceive of it, a lion with a lamb. Now, someone with that kind of power, someone who could actually bring that about, that's somebody you could hope in. Do you know, elsewhere in Isaiah, we're told that this Messiah would be called this. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. See what God is putting out there? God is promising the complete capital H hope package. Someone who's literally going to bring the answer to all of humanity's greatest longings. And the thing is, God doesn't just proclaim this hope vaguely, like say, oh, don't worry, don't worry, someday I'm going to come and I'll I'll fix it all up, it'll be fine. He says, actually, I'm going to tell you what to look for so that you know that it's coming. The Old Testament prophecies in Isaiah and elsewhere spell out whose family line the Messiah is going to come from. He's going to be a descendant of David, King David. It tells us in the Old Testament what region the family would live in, Galilee. It tells us the town that he's going to be born in, which isn't in Galilee, it's Bethlehem down in Judea, and most remarkably, the almost impossible sign that he would be born to a woman who was a virgin. Signpost after signpost, pointing to the arrival of this perfect eternal king, all foretold hundreds of years in advance before it ever happened. And then time passes, and what happens? A young virgin living in Galilee, is told by an angel that she's going to have a child conceived of the Holy Spirit. She's betrothed to a man who happens to be a direct descendant of King David. And together due to circumstances out of their control, a census called by the Romans, they're going to travel to the man's home, which isn't in Galilee, it happens to be, well, how about that, Bethlehem. And that is where the child is born. Out in the fields around Bethlehem, shepherds Are looking after their sheep when a host of angels appear before them now naturally they're terrified by this but look at what the angels say to them do not be afraid i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord and this this little backwater part of a backwater province hope has arrived. On, he, he's here, the angels are saying. The one promised about is here. On that holy night, hope was born. As we've just sang, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. But how can a child bear the burden of such hope? How will he bring about a new and glorious reality? Well, that's what we're going to look at in a few moments' time.